You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. San Francisco 49ers fans wanted Justin Fields. They're excited about Trey Lance, but they wanted Justin Fields. And Trey Lance brings with them a different set of expectations and a different developmental process than the Chicago Bears are seeing with Justin Fields. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook or join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. On the show today, we're joined by Locked On 49ers host Brian Peacock for a back and forth comparing and contrasting Justin Fields and his situation in Chicago with Trey Lance and his situation in San Francisco. We'll talk about how the pre-draft process went for both of these two teams, the scouting process, how they've talked about their quarterbacks, and the different expectations that come when you trade up for number three versus trading up much less to move up for number 11. I think it's a good way to just take stock of what the Bears are doing compared to another organization in a similar situation, and we can kind of compare and contrast because it's not a one-to-one direct alignment here, but it is two teams on similar paths, and I think it's two quarterbacks that are going to end up being compared to each other quite a bit when we look back on this draft. Quickly, before we bring on Brian, I hope none of you have had any trouble listening to the Lockdown Bears podcast, particularly through Apple Podcasts. A lot of podcasts across the whole medium, but including in our Lockdown Podcast Network, have had trouble with some shows not updating properly on people's Apple Podcast apps on their phone. So far, I haven't heard anybody from the Locked on Bears listener family here having any issues, but it's the kind of thing where I can't tell if you're having issues unless someone tells me you might be having issues. So every podcast has still been going out for all of our Locked on podcasts. They still go up every day on our podcasting platform. They go up on Spotify, on Odyssey, pretty much everywhere you get your podcasts. But Apple Podcasts, the app in particular, has had trouble keeping up and updating with podcasts every day. It's been a weird bug in Apple's system. It's not just affecting us, it's affecting a lot of other podcasts. And so sometimes subscribing and unsubscribing helps and fixes that or just listening on another podcasting platform. So I urge you, if you listen to other Lockdown shows and notice that they're not popping up, it's a problem with Apple and not a problem with us. And again, I don't think it's been an issue for Locked On Bears yet, but I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I've been knocking on wood, doing everything I can to keep the good luck going. And hopefully you've been able to tune in all the same. All right, welcome into this Bears 49ers Fields Lance quarterback crossover podcast with Brian Peacock from Locked On 49ers. And I'm glad we were able to play nice. Maybe it's just me that needed to play nice because, of course, when the Bears drafted Justin Fields, I I saw the opportunity on Twitter and I took the opportunity to, you know, compare and contrast Justin Fields coming into the NFL compared to Trey Lance coming into the NFL and the amount that the 49ers had to give up to get their quarterback compared to the amount the Bears had to give up to get their quarterback and feeling like Chicago maybe came away with the better deal on draft day. But Brian, I sort of get the impression from 49ers fans that they don't care how much they had to give up, that everything's sort of all in on Trey Lance. 
Yeah, that's and I've gotten to it a few fights about that because um, I do think the Bears got the better bargain for it. Uh, to be honest with you, whoever the best quarterback is is the winner there. Um, but as we know with the NFL draft, there's so many unknowns. Paying one fewer first round pick and and paying later first round pick from pick twenty to move up to get Justin Fields that that was a lot better deal. And and I think the the front office for the Chicago bears deserves some kudos for what they were able to pull off. Because I think coming into the draft, if I'm, uh, I don't think I'm overstepping by guessing that you Lauren and bears fans were extremely excited by being able to get even have the opportunity to trade their first plus an extra first to have an opportunity to go up and get Justin Fields. Right. hundred percent. Like going into draft day, like on the podcast, like I'm saying, going through best case scenarios. I'm like, this probably isn't going to happen, but you know, best case scenario out of my wildest dreams, somehow the Bears land Justin Fields, but we're not going to spend time talking about that on the podcast. Like, we literally didn't really talk about it. We threw it out the window as like, yeah, it would be great, but we're not going to get our hopes up for that. We'll settle for maybe Mac Jones at 20 or a guard or a cornerback or maybe a wide receiver, but it was, yeah, it was a whole nother level of excitement to all just sort of happen all at the same time, sort of kind of out of nowhere. Where it's like the 49ers move up was, was also out of nowhere. I mean, it surprised everybody when it happened sort of because it did happen so early but I don't know did that did that ruin some of the excitement of like you know at that point you know you're getting a quarterback at three right there's there's not a lot of like mystery in that regard it was just sort of who the quarterback was going to be yeah it was a bit of a head scratcher because of the amount paid and it was it was sort of like okay you you went to get up you had to go up to get one specific player because they're what they said was, yeah, we like a guy, but we kind of like a couple other guys and we like all three and we're comfortable with, I was like, yeah, you don't spend that much to go up because you're comfortable with three guys. You, you go up because you know, you can't get a quarterback at 12 and there's one specific player that you think is much better than everybody else. And, and, and I'm, and there's still argument both amongst fans, amongst media, well-plugged-in media, if it was the case that they were all along trading up just specifically for Trey Lance or not. But I think most 49ers fans, uh, as you alluded to earlier, it's like, look, go get your guy. And and they're, they're not worried about what the 49ers paid until it turns out that maybe Trey Lance isn't a good quarterback. I don't think that's going to be the case. But I think what the 49ers did by moving up so early was just open up the the opportunity for fans to sort of pick and choose who their favorite guy is. And and uh, I don't know if you saw this a lot on Bears Twitter, but 49ers Twitter was just every day a new Photoshop of a different rookie quarterback in a 49ers uniform. And people were picking sides and picking their favorites. And I think Justin Fields was probably the number one favorite. Then it was Trey Lance, two by a slim margin. And then a massive margin. It was just most people were anti Mac Jones at number three for the 49ers. And uh, and so I think most fans were pretty happy that it wasn't Mac Jones and then it was Trey Lance. I think most fans would have been just as happy if it was Justin Fields or Trey Lance. And, and of course, once you see a guy in your uniform and once you realize who the player is that the team drafted, you love him. And I think most of the 49ers fan base is extremely, extremely excited about Trey Lance and are trying not to think about what the price was to go up and get him and, and let that pain happen during the first round of the 2022 and 2023 drafts. Yeah, I, I think Bears fans know that feeling from trading multiple first-round picks for Khalil Mack. It makes draft season a lot less fun, and you'll you'll have that to look forward to. We will too, I guess, next year, but we'll deal with that when we get to it. We will cross that bridge down the line. For now, we're going to enjoy our quarterbacks 
through their rookie season. And we'll try and get a better sense of when we might see both of these quarterbacks next on Locked On Bears. BetOnline.ag updated their odds for Offensive Rookie of the Year, and Justin Fields is moving down the list. Trevor Lawrence, still the favorite at plus 350. Now tied for second is a combination of Trey Lance, Mac Jones, and tight end Kyle Pitts at plus 750. Just behind them is Justin Fields tied with Jamar Chase at plus 800. So maybe the odds makers now buying in on the Bears' plan to start Andy Dalton and follow through on that, and maybe we don't see enough Justin Fields compared to some of these other quarterbacks. If you like those odds, you got to head on over to betonline.ag and sign up for a free account today. Enter our promo code Locked On, and you'll receive a free 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. You never have to worry about making the wrong pick when you choose Built Bars, the best tasting protein bars ever. Because every single flavor they make is delicious. I promise, I have tried every single one, and I haven't had one that I haven't absolutely loved. I think my favorites are salted caramel, coconut, and raspberry, but you can't go wrong with any of them. Peanut butter brownie is definitely a podcast network favorite. Mint brownie as well. Cherry, coconut, almond, you name it. They've got a flavor for everybody at Built Bar, but they're all low sugar, low calorie, high protein, and high fiber, and most importantly, covered in 100% real chocolate. They taste like candy bars, but they have the nutrition of protein bars. I'm telling you, you got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15. For 15% off at BuiltBar.com. We're comparing and contrasting the Bears and 49ers rookie quarterback situations today with Brian Peacock from Locked On 49ers. And Brian, I wanted to circle back to the the 49ers messaging on Trey Lance, because this has been interesting for me that now that the pick has been made, right, there's, there's no reason to lie at this point about anything that happened before the draft because I mean it's it's all out I mean it's over now there's nothing to hide anymore and yet we you know we still have I've heard John Lynch say that what you said like we weren't we weren't certain yet because I think the the quote I had heard from him is that we hadn't even met Trey Lance in person yet so we couldn't be a hundred percent certain before we'd even had our coaches meet with him but like it seems like you know I, I think back to the Bears even when they drafted Mitch Trubisky and there was questions about were they going to even take a quarterback there? Would it be Deshaun? Would it be Mitch? Would it be Patrick Mahomes or whatever? As soon as the Bears have made big quarterback picks, they get up there and say, this was our guy all along. We knew at the beginning of the college football season, we had our eyes on him. We've been watching him the whole way through, and we've been pretty sure for a long time that this was the player we were going to be targeting all along, and all that other smoke and stuff was just to try and disguise it. And yet, it feels like the 49ers are still kind of like, not just being fully like open, like, yeah, we want to Trey Lance all along. So, but like, of course they should have had the quarterback in mind. So like, what do you believe at this point? That one's really tough. A, common sense would tell you that there's like what 
John Lynch said, there's no possible way they could have been sold on anybody in January or February or even March because that was pre pro days and they haven't had a chance to meet these guys in person. And Kyle Shanahan hadn't had a chance to meet these guys and see him throw in person. And maybe John Lynch would have been to a game or two for some players on scouting trips. And, and most of the scouting department will have probably seen some guys. Maybe they had somebody at the one game that Trey Lance played at North Dakota state in 2020, but Kyle Shanahan probably wasn't watching Trey Lance tape all off season long coming off of a super bowl. Right. So um, they couldn't have possibly known in January when they started really talking about this and getting serious. And you hear them both talk about this time in January where, uh, where Kyle Shanahan was on a trip in Cancun and still watching like NFL coaches, by the way, come on. He's on vacation with his family in Cancun up till two in the morning watching tape of quarterbacks it's for the insane. draft in January. Insane. It's insane. And but he sent some clips to John Lynch. He's like, check this guy out. And I think the scouting department loved Trey Lance and, and Kyle Shanahan liked a lot about what he saw from Trey Lance as a player. But I really think that he liked um Mac Jones quite a bit too. And and John Lynch talked about after the draft that Mac Jones tape was darn near flawless at Alabama this year. And of course, Kyle Shanahan also coached in high school at QB Collective, which is a camp he and his father are both involved with to a certain extent, uh, Justin Fields there. So that's why the whole time I thought it was Justin Fields, not only because he's such a high level athlete and, and talent and the accuracy in the arm. And he was on the radar for so long. I, and Kyle Shanahan, actually, he was the one player that Kyle Shanahan had met going into it. So when they made the trade, he hadn't met anybody else. I thought, I like, it's gotta be Justin Fields, right? That's the only human being he's met. And you're not going to trade all of this to not be certain and to not have met any of these guys yet, but it, it sounds like, and it's kind of insane. And this is why I have been somewhat critical of the move when they did it. And I think it's clear now that they might've, overestimated how early the quarterbacks were going to go in this draft. And, and I think most 49ers fans push back a little bit with me on that. And I've had some arguments. It's like, you got to go get your guy and two extra first rounders plus your first rounder this year, three total firsts, however you want to say it. I get that a lot too. People get mad about how you say it. It's not three firsts. It's two first. I, I, I don't know if you've gotten that too, where you say it's two first rounders that they traded and they say, no, it's one first rounder, but all the, the semantics aside, to trade up that much to go up and not know who you're going to pick yet is a fascinating move. And, and it kind of blows my mind. It's hard for me to wrap my head around it, but Kyle Shanahan and you know how coaches are versus personnel people. Sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm willing to bet that the personnel department was probably not fully on board with that move, but it was Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch getting together and going through the draft and thinking, Oh man. And, and maybe overestimating the quarterback market and thinking we've got to go up because we're not going to get anybody at 12 anyway. So let's make sure we get the guy we like the most at three and go up and make that move. And they were comfortable with it. And um, it's pretty amazing. And they got a super talented player because that's the other thing is when I grade this, I loved Trey Lance for the 49ers mm -hmm. at 12 all along. I was like, dude, if he's there at 12, you cannot pass up on him trading up to number three with two extra first round picks is a different deal. So you got to grade the whole move on a curve it makes me a little like it makes me like the move a, a lot less than if they would have just drafted him at 12 but i love trey lance as a prospect and uh if it was trey lance or it was justin fields i would i understand it completely high level players and i'm so excited to watch both these guys play it's interesting because i think bears fans heading into this draft were a, a lot they were much more comfortable with the idea of justin fields as opposed to the idea of trey lance only i think more so because i think it's it's a mistrust of management and to some extent the coaching staff as well but on also 
a track record of being burned on quarterbacks where, you know, Trey Lance is the the high ceiling, the high flying, you know, he's the elite athlete with the cannon arm who can throw anywhere on the field. And maybe there's some accuracy work in progress there. And 49ers fans, for good reason, have good faith in Kyle Shanahan to be, if any coach is going to make this work, it's going to be him and it's going to be that structure and makes all the sense of the world for 49ers. But like for the Bears, there was this fear. It's like, yeah, I'll trade up for Justin Fields because I feel like there's maybe a slightly higher floor, even if it's not quite as elite of a high ceiling, just because I, I feel like I can get something there, whereas I don't trust this organization to take another swing on, a, on another slightly more developmental quarterback, and I don't know that I trust you know this regime 100% to be, there's, you know, there's still some questions about whether they could pull this off, so it's like Bears fans were not willing to give up multiple first-round picks to go get Trey Lance, but it was much more of a comfortable feeling to go do it for Justin Fields, certainly a lot lower than three. I absolutely can see that. The one-year starter thing, I'm sure Bears fans did not want to go down that road again after yes. seeing what happened with Mitch Trubisky. And I can totally see that. And I think job security is another one. For the 49ers, I think there was a little bit of extra hubris for a GM and a head coach that have you know, long-term contracts and are you know, just a, they were at the time of the trade were 14 months away from or 13 months away from competing in a Super Bowl. And I think job security is part of it and a little bit of extra guts to go make a move like that, that I don't think the Bears had the opportunity and the time to let somebody develop. So I think having that extra year, seeing all the traits, seeing the accuracy, knowing that you could probably put him on the field early in his career and just the athleticism and accuracy and the high level of competition that he's faced so far in his career, you can picture someone like, Justin Fields playing well early in his NFL career, much more so than maybe Trey Lance, who Jed York, the CEO owner of the 49ers on local radio, saying that uh, he, that he was comfortable with maybe it taking two years for Trey Lance to get on the field for the 49ers. And I'm, I'm not really buying that because we know how long 12 months is in the NFL. That is an eternity. I cannot see a scenario where Trey Lance isn't suiting up for the 49ers until 2023 in September, that would be insane because that would mean he's played one game since December of 2019. Like that's, I don't think that's good for uh, any players. And I know back in the day, quarterbacks used to sit for three years. And I think Trey Lance will probably sit for at least half of the season, but sitting an entire season after he just sat a season and sitting one more after that, that seems a little dubious for a player who's only, like the only Nick on his resume is playing time. So I feel like that's what you got to try to get him at some point, And that should start at some point in his rookie season. That's the debate. I think we've been having in Chicago is like, I mean, it's of course it's the million dollar question is, is how long do you sit a young quarterback and what traits of young quarterbacks need to be sat for? And what do they need more experience for? And this was the debate with Mitch Trubisky four years ago, where yeah, same kind of thing. One, I mean, not exactly the same kind of thing, but one-year starter at North Carolina, and it was like, well, because he's only a one-year starter, he's still kind of inexperienced. You know, you don't want him to, you don't want to put him out there too early and have him form bad habits because maybe he's still a little bit more malleable as a quarterback because he does not that four-year starter that's ingrained in his throwing motion and his reads and how he operates as a quarterback. So, it, it, on one hand, you do want to like take it slow with him because he's inexperienced, but on the other hand. They need experience, and I think that's where Bears fans are getting a little bit frustrated with Justin Fields is it's like it does feel like he he has enough experience at Ohio State. I mean, two years as a starter, and it's not the full four-year experience, but it's— Two years as a D1 starter is like four years 
what what four years used to be for uh, quarterbacks in the NFL draft. It's crazy how few quarterbacks come out with a ton of experience. Even Joe Burrow is a fifth year senior. Yeah, he's older than Sam Darnold, right? But he still only started for that one plus season. So it's crazy how how rare it is now to see a, a player have a ton of starts under his belt. Yeah, it sure has changed over the years, and I, I guess that sort of culminates now in the the modern form of that with Trey Lance going so high with such limited experience. But the potential is all there, and I I totally understand the 49ers' eagerness to see what he can do and get him out there. But it does feel like there's some different dynamics you're kind of juggling with him, even compared to like Justin Fields. And we'll start to separate a little bit of why things feel different in San Francisco than they do in Chicago next on Locked On Bears. When you have a rookie quarterback, you want to make sure you have the right parts around him. And no one knows more about getting the right parts than our friends at rockauto.com. They're a family business that have been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. They've got everything you could possibly need for your vehicle, fuel pump assemblies and engine control modules, to the easy stuff like tail lamps, motor oil brake parts, or even new carpet. So whether you're fixing up a classic car in the garage or just your daily commuter, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks, all delivered right to your door. You might not know that some of the other chain stores will have different price tiers for the professional mechanics and the do-it-yourselfers. But rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, so don't spend up to twice as much for the same part. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Again, Brian Peacock from Locked On 49ers here with us today, breaking down some of the similarities and differences between Justin Fields and Trey Lance with their respective situations. And Brian, with Trey Lance... As not only the number three overall pick, but a player that you traded up two first-round picks to go get, is there not extra pressure to play him early to, to get that return on your investment sooner? Or is there is there just so much job security and trust and faith in this team that was just a couple years ago removed from the Super Bowl that they, they can wait because of Jimmy G and everything else? It's such a unique situation with the 49ers because you can't compare any of it to any situation I can think of with a rookie quarterback because one just Trey Lance as a prospect is a unicorn. We've never seen an FCS quarterback that started for only one season, get drafted in the first round ever. And that season was two years ago. Like that's never happened, but it's rare to see a guy with the complete package that he has on and off the field, the football character, the arm strength, the size, the clean release. Like he checks every box from a prospect when you watch him play, except for maybe you would like to see him be a little bit more accurate. How much can he fix some of those things? How much better is he right now versus what he, what we would have seen if he would have played because there's been a whole season of him working out and he's probably a better prospect than we saw in 2019 on tape. So he might already be a lot closer than we think as someone who was a one-year starter because he had that extra year to work and he wasn't just sitting on the couch. He was working really hard and diving into even professional playbooks and NFL playbooks. So um, uh, he checks so many boxes as a prospect, but there's so many unknowns as well. Just the wild 
possibilities of outcomes for a prospect like Trey Lance is insane. It's something we've never really seen. And we really don't ever see a team drafting that high at number three overall that's got a quarterback who just took them to a Super Bowl, who's got a roster that's capable of going back to the Super Bowl without that rookie quarterback. So there's so many different ways to look at this for the 49ers versus any other quarterback I can remember high in the draft. And I think that's a big part of it with the 49ers is they don't need to put them on the field because they they know they can go out and win games early in the season with the current group and the current quarterback they have. So there's no rush to get the young guy on the field. Now the question is his development and when will he be the, you know, if there's no pull factor, what's the push factor? You know, once he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo in practice and everyone's looking around like, I I think this other kid's better now at that point, Kyle Shanahan said he wouldn't hesitate to put him in. Would he do that in the middle of a quarterback's rookie season when the 49ers are in the middle of a playoff push, that'll be fascinating. And I can't wait to see how this all turns out because it's really such a unique situation that we've never seen before. Do 49ers fans have a certain expectation of like what will probably happen? Like for Bears fans with Justin Fields, it's like they are going to try and start Andy Dalton week one. Like they're, they're pretty committed to making that happen. But no one in Chicago thinks Andy Dalton is going to be so good for 17 games that he's going to keep Justin Fields on the bench all season and that they're really going to be able to follow through with their plan to try and keep Justin Fields on the bench. It's just very, seems very unlikely. But for the 49ers, like, I mean, plenty of 49ers fans had complaints about Jimmy Garoppolo, but he's clearly some some notch better than Andy Dalton. He wasn't really facing an imminent benching, but he never had Trey Lance on the bench behind him either. So or is it an injury thing? Or are you confident he can even stay healthy for that long? Or, or what is what is sort of the fan expectation right now? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is probably injury-related. Most fans expect that if Trey Lance gets on the field in the first half of the season, it will probably be because of injury or ineffectiveness. And I think the ineffectiveness part is not likely because the 49ers are too good and, and they've won too many games with Jimmy Garoppolo, a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. So uh, I think that most fans expect at some point during because it's just it's so rare for someone to especially to have moved up for a quarterback for a quarterback draft that high to not play at all and and I expect him to play the question is when and I really 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 want to see Trey Lance versus Justin Fields in week 8 but I don't think the 49ers are going to be playing bad enough for that switch to have happened unless there's a Jimmy Garoppolo injury so I think it'll probably take a Jimmy G injury for us to see that but I do expect in some fashion, I don't know if it's garbage time, some blowout wins or losses where Trey Lance is in there in the fourth quarter getting some snaps. If they let him start some games at the end of the season, let's say the 49ers clinch the West and he gets to play the last week against the Rams or something like that, and they rest some other starters. Um, uh, there, there's, there, there's almost no way that I can see that he doesn't play at some point in his rookie season. I know there's the idea of just using his athleticism, getting him on the field, Uh, in sort of a Taysom Hill sort of a role. And I don't love that, but I I don't think it's the worst thing necessarily either just to trot him out there and let him see the speed of the game because I don't want him getting his first snaps in a real regular season game in 2022 if I'm the 49ers. So I expect him to play a little bit. How much? I have no idea. And a lot of that depends on Jimmy Garoppolo playing well and staying healthy this season. But the, the, the thing that, I think is very different for the 49ers and correct me if I'm wrong here with the bears is Jimmy Garoppolo knows the offense. I think it will help at least initially 
for Trey Lance to sit behind somebody who knows the offense and watch that player work. And there's players who already know and respect and have a rapport and have a rhythm with Jimmy Garoppolo. That's not the case with Andy Dalton and the Chicago bears, right? Like, there's there's no connection to Bears fans. There's not a there's a ton of number ten Jimmy Garoppolo jerseys in the fans at Levi's Stadium. There's not going to be that for Bears fans wearing Andy Dalton jerseys, uh, Andy Dalton's experience in the offense or anything like that. So everything to me points to yeah, of course on paper you make the rookie earn it and you put the veteran in there. But uh, if I was putting money, I and mean, I don't know if there's a, a line for it in Vegas yet, but I would put all I would bet my mortgage that Justin Fields is starting by week three. BetOnline.ag had a line for whether or not Justin Fields starts by week one. I'm not sure if the line is still up, but that was odds and still favoring. No, they are still favoring the odds saying Andy Dalton is likely to start week one by week three. Yeah, that's that's when they made the change last year between Trubisky and Foles. So hard to know how long the leash is going to be there. But I feel like Matt Nagy, he's trying really hard to support Andy Dalton publicly as much as he can. He's never he hasn't said a bad word about him, but. He did, I think, last week or so at the start of OTAs, he kind of said Andy Dalton is kind of like a rookie, too. And for me, that was like pulling the rug out from him right away. It's like he's like, he's kind of like a rookie, too, learning this offense. And I'm like, oh, no, like I think it was on the Rich Eisen show where Nagy was asked about the the social media post of QB one when when the Bears signed Andy Dalton and. When I heard that interview, I thought oh, th- there's there's almost zero chance that Justin Fields doesn't start week one because he was like, oh, yeah, that was pretty dumb that 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 happened. And, you know, that's that's not us doing it. I'm paraphrasing. I don't yeah. remember how he put it. But to me, it came off like, oh, yeah, everybody in the world knows Andy Dalton's not QB one. Are you, are you crazy? So that's kind of the vibe I thought when I heard that. I was like, OK, Justin Fields, if he looks like anywhere near as expected, I, put him out there in week one. Right. Because. How And that's kind of the question I have for you in this thing is, and I want to talk a little bit about week eight. And of course, we're going to do a crossover podcast here with Lauren and myself and the Locked On Bears, Locked On 49ers before the week eight matchup with the 49ers and the Bears. So we don't need to really preview that. I do have some fantasy questions for you if we have time. But just going back to Dalton and uh, Justin Fields for a second, like what what does fields have to show and not even bring in Andy Dalton into it just with what the, the quarterback play has been for the bears the last few years, at what level would Justin Fields have to be to be better than the quarterback play that the bears have gotten recently? And wouldn't you expect that a week one, Justin Fields, just with his pure arm talent and that accuracy, if like you just give him three seconds to throw the ball and find a wide receiver, get him out on the move a little bit and make some plays. Wouldn't you expect him to, to have a higher level of quarterback play than what we've seen with Mitch Trubisky and the Bears for the last couple of years? A hundred percent. And I think it comes down to sort of two, there's like two goals here that can rub on each other a little bit. There's maximizing the development of Justin Fields and there's winning as many games as possible in 2021. And I think by week one, Andy Dalton will not be the Bears' best starting quarterback, right? I mean, I think already by September, whenever the date is on that first Sunday, Justin Fields will be the superior of the two quarterbacks. But it's a question of, you know, can you could you afford to keep Dalton out there for a little while just to give Fields a little more time to, to really learn the offense, to really get on the same page as his receivers and really kind of, you know, be as cerebral as possible in this system to have as much learning as he can just to accelerate things or, or just smooth things and, and ramp up a little bit more gradually and not have to ask him to do the world. Like, I'm not overly concerned about him coming in and having these bad habits, but I can see where the Bears might say, 
even if Andy Dalton is not as good as Justin Fields is right now, just give Fields as much time as he possibly as you possibly can afford to give him. And obviously, you don't want to fall four games under five hundred in the first six weeks or whatever. But you know, Dalton might be able to beat. You know, they play Cincinnati fairly early in the season, and a, a couple of other. Uh, um, I think Detroit is in there as well. You know, teams that you can probably win with subpar quarterback plays, at least on paper as we look at them right now in May. And so maybe you survive a little bit with Dalton and then put in Fields just to give him a little bit of a run-up to see some live tape of this offense this season that he can break down and kind of learn the the week-to-week preparation. Watch how Andy Dalton prepares himself as a starting quarterback. He's been through it before, not in this offense, but just you know how you carry yourself and how you do those things at the NFL speed. And then, you know, four, five, six, seven weeks into the season, maybe by week eight, you get Justin Fields back out there. But the thing Matt Nagy keeps saying is, we are going to do what's best for the Chicago Bears. And, you know, we're going to you know start whatever quarterback is best for the Chicago Bears. And it's all about what's going to be best for the team. But it's a question of, is it best for the team to actually sit Justin Fields and develop him a little bit more? Or is it best for the team to play Justin Fields as soon as he's the better quarterback? Because are the Bears going to go to the Super Bowl in 2021 with Fields? Probably not. You know, they're probably still a year or two away from that. So is there a huge pressure to win as many games as you can this season? Or are you better off taking it as slow and just being a little cautious, knowing that you might sacrifice some games with Dalton? It's it's so fun. That's why I love the NFL draft. And you learn something new every year when it comes to the draft. And there's so much unknowns when it comes to human beings and and, and how they fit with teams and, and all the moving pieces and parts and coaches and and the the talent around these quarterbacks uh it's it's just so fascinating it's so much fun and i think the bears and the 49ers are two of the most fun teams in 2021 because of that yeah i i appreciate you helping us clear up some of the mystery or confusion about trey lance like you said i think it it is interesting to see how both of these two teams paths are going to go and i uh, appreciate you helping us see the see the future here for the 49ers i don't think we cleared anything up i have no idea what's going <laughs> to we, we pulled out sort of like a map of like, here's here's where yeah. a couple things might go. We have a roadmap. Uh, it's one of those things where you have the Google Maps pulled up and you hope you you you, uh, you still have cell service in the middle of nowhere <laughs> as you're trying to navigate this thing. We, we put a destination in. We're just not sure how we're going to get there. Exactly. I hope the pin is dropped in the right place for uh, <laughs> these two franchises for sure. Lauren, it's super fun talking to you, and I look forward to doing it again before week eight. Thanks again to Brian Peacock from Locked On 49ers for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoyed our conversation, make sure that you subscribe to Locked On Bears to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Again, like I said, hopefully podcast is still coming through fine for you, those of you listening on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on another listening app, then you don't have to do anything different. Everything's been going fine for every other podcasting app as far as we know. It's just Apple Podcasts has been a problem for not only some of our locked-on podcasts, but some of the big players in the podcasting world. It's a whole drama behind the scenes right now where a lot of people are upset with Apple and their tech support and how that's working for podcast creators in addition to podcast listeners. So full speed ahead. Like I said, fingers crossed, knocking on wood, counting our blessings, all that stuff. Appreciate everyone who's been tuning in throughout. No matter where and how you listen to the podcast, you can always find it on any of the other wonderful podcast listening apps. We'll still be bringing you that daily Bears news and analysis all throughout the offseason, even when there's no real Bears football on television. I hope the podcast still at least makes it a little bit easier to bear down.